Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, that subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. Let's crack on with today's first story, which comes from Buff Llama Pajama, I think it says. And it says, would I be the a-hole for not having my cancer-stricken ex-husband stay with me through his treatment? And the original part of the story is one that we have covered before, but now it comes with additional information and updates as well. So if you do want to use the timestamps, please feel free to. They're down in the description and along the timeline below. For most of our marriage, my husband, 39 male, and I, 37 female, had a very happy relationship. Had good jobs, decent money, two kids, and loved each other. Then he got diagnosed with a rare form of cancer, and we went through years of painful treatments and recovery together. We moved to a small house to be close to the research center where he underwent his treatment. His parents paid half of the down payment on the house. The other half was from our savings and investments. In the divorce, he gave me the house and took all of his medical debt. We've been divorced a year, but now his cancer has come back and he needs treatment again at the same research hospital. He wants to stay in what is now my house while undergoing treatment and his parents expect me to house him and look after him because he was generous in letting me have the house without taking his rightful share from the equity. When we were married and he was undergoing treatment, it was new stuff that was expensive and also very physically draining on him. We were lucky that both our jobs were supportive and flexible, but with his health issues, little kids and expenses, we had to downgrade our lifestyle a lot. That plus the physical changes in his body made him very depressed. When he felt a bit better, he'd go stay in his hometown. It's a small town where most of his family and a lot of his childhood friends live. I was doing all the caretaking of him, while also dealing with insurance complications. I was also managing the kids, the entire household, and my full-time job. We had help from friends and neighbors, but it was very hard. I wasn't happy about him spending his healthy days away from us, but it was good for his mental health, so I didn't feel like I could object. While he was staying there, he had reconnected with his high school girlfriend. A couple of years ago, he admitted to me that he was sleeping with her and I filed for divorce. He had fully recovered from his cancer by then. There are other aspects around the cheating that left me very heartbroken and feeling betrayed. His giving me the house and taking all the debt was an apology of a sort. His parents feel that I owe him for getting the house and should let him stay there for the two to three months his treatment is at the facility. I do want him to be well and I don't want my kids to lose a loving father, but I can't deal with having him around me, especially not if I end up being his nurse and caretaker again. I'm still very bitter about how our marriage ended. A lot of people close to me are telling me that I should support him for the sake of my kids. Would I be the a-hole if I say I can't do that? And OP down in the comments says they announced their engagement the day the divorce was finalized. That still hurts so much. I'm struggling with this so much, I don't think I hate him. A part of me still loves him as an old friend. I definitely wouldn't want my kids to suffer the devastation of losing their father. 
He loves them and is loved by them. When I look at it as an outside observer, I can understand what he was going through in falling in love with someone else. During the worst part of his illness, I was frequently cleaning up after him, his vomiting, his loss of bowel control. I pulled muscles and injured myself helping him move. He found that emasculating, so I can see how it find it appealing that someone still saw him as the old him when he was healthy and strong and I became the nurse figure. So I tell myself that and I don't hate him. But I went years without sex because he was sick. The loss of libido was an unexpected temporary side effect of his medication. I accepted that and made do with being celibate. I feel guilty talking about how painful it was because I should be grateful he survived. And that's so trivial given the situation. But I would masturbate in hiding. Didn't even get a vibrator because I didn't want him to feel bad or awful for not being able to do it. And all of this time, I was making do thinking he wasn't able to. He was sleeping with a whole another person. And that disloyalty still makes me cry. Someone says, even without the cheating and whatnot, caretaking is a full-time job and it's very taxing emotionally, mentally, and physically. You're not his wife anymore. You have no obligation to do this. OP says, the last time I did it out of love. I can just not do it now. It was very difficult. The big upside to me in getting divorced was not having to deal with that anymore. As difficult as it is to take care of a sick person, dealing with the insurance bureaucracy and keeping track of the medical contacts and treatment details is a pretty big logistical nightmare. Someone says, maybe for the sake of his children, you could allow him to stay there, but here his parents pay for a nurse or aid to care for him. You are currently not obligated to help him in any way, but your children are old enough to know he's ill and if you choose not to help him, it will likely adversely impact your relationship with your kids, if not now, later, especially if something happens to him and he dies. If you don't help him, I fear they will blame you for not helping him by at least allowing him to stay there. OP says, I haven't started thinking on those terms yet, but yes, you are right. I have to measure how my kids will react to this. I haven't told them yet that he is sick again. They were very little back then and only knew that dad was sick and got better. Now my oldest is big enough to understand cancer and what that means. My ex has been the fun Disney dad since we separated. They adore him. Someone says the chances of his parents being unaware that their son was sleeping with his high school girlfriend when he came home is zero. Opie says, oh, they knew and supported him. They were always good to me, so it wasn't like they wanted to break up my marriage, but they were in whatever makes him happy because he survived cancer. I think he received some side eye for this from people who knew what we went through. My ex-in-laws did damage control by making overly gushing social media posts about how the girlfriend always looked out for him and made him laugh when they were kids and did it again when he was going through a hard time. As if her comedy skills are what cured his cancer. I was just a background maid, nanny, assistant character that can be ignored. Sorry, I'm still bitter and I keep regurgitating the same stuff. Then a bit of information about the in-laws that says they are my kids' grandparents. The only loving grandparents my kids have. They dote on my kids and drive hours to spend time with them and take them places. I resent them, but they're good grandparents. And I remember thinking the first time around on this one about just the, the caretaking side of things. And I, I know it's not the main point here. You know, he cheated and all this sort of stuff, but dealing with all that. And it's not just the physical stuff, the mental, but like OP said, the logistical nightmare of dealing with all the paperwork, all the doctors, the medication in between, appointments. It is absolutely draining. 
And like we say in many stories, cancer or anything is not an excuse to cheat. It's not an excuse to be an arsehole. And I gotta say, some of the comments in that one, which I didn't think I read last time, did worry me about what if the children or someone turns it around on OP and says, you're not letting dad live with you and, you know, he passes away or whatever. And then the children start resenting OP, which would be just incredibly sad. But then OP does update the post and says, the Sunday after I made the post to Am I the A-hole, my ex-in-laws picked the kids up for a zoo trip. They sometimes come and pick them up to entertain them, and so I thought nothing of it. A few hours later, a very teary and contrite mother-in-law dropped off two bawling kids with me. She told them their dad is sick and will die if he doesn't stay with us and go to the hospital. We hadn't had a talk with the kids yet about the diagnosis, and she dropped it on them that he is dying from cancer. He is not dying. It's a painful treatment, but he'll recover. I was so furious. I was raging. I called the ex and tore him a new one. He was shocked too and we together exploded at his mum. She broke down and cried begging me to not take away her grandkids from her as if I'd trust her after this. X and I together talked to the kids, him on video, and assured them that yes he is sick but he'll be fine. He just needs to go to the hospital and then make him better like the last time he was sick. The kids settled after that but my oldest has been at me crying and begging to make dad come live with us. I promised them I'd talk to dad and figure out what's the best thing to do. I swallowed a lot of bile to talk to him about why he was doing this. We had a pretty long and detailed discussion. The bottom line is that he is broke. He still has a decent job, but his credit is ruined. He has a lot of debt and he stupidly got the cheapest insurance that barely covers anything. Beyonce has no help either. She's worse off financially. So he needs a place to stay. He can't afford this otherwise. His parents are funding some of his medical payments and are already stretched. He was financially alright when we broke up, so I have no idea what happened in such a short time. Anyway, X and his girlfriend moved into my daughter's room. My daughter happily gave it up to her dad and is sharing her little brother's room. Both kids are over the moon, happy to have their dad in their home. My daughter keeps checking on him every few minutes to make sure he's still okay. Mother-in-law traumatized my kid. I'll never forgive that woman for this. I let the girlfriend move in with him because I was too angry to care about who came to look after him as long as it wasn't me. I didn't know how I could bear having her in my home, but it appears to be more misery for her than me, and that strangely makes it more tolerable for me. She is teary-eyed and crying all the time. It's only been three days, but I'm so annoyed I want to shake her and tell her to pull it together. The current treatment plan is for three months. I'm counting down the days. I'm thankful for the many people who gave me great advice on my last post. I wasn't expecting things to go this way, but they played me by manipulating my kids. I slowly pull myself and the kids away and move, but for now, I have to deal with this for my kids' sake. ETA, I was trying to make this update more than a week ago, so to add to that, X's treatment is coming along nicely. The tumors that grew again are much smaller than before, and the new stuff that they are giving him is more directed too so he's not having as many bad symptoms as he had last time. I'd promised myself I would do nothing to help and stayed away from both X and his fiance, but I did end up helping him deal with insurance. His fiance has the personality of a wet noodle and cries all the time. It was easier for me to do it than deal with her struggling. X is polite enough to me, but his personality has changed. He's a different person, and not very nice towards his fiance. I didn't expect to, but I feel so. 
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sorry for her. One of the commenters below this one says, you know, start being petty and give some suggestions. One of them being three, ask if the girlfriend can look after the kids for the day. Your ex doesn't have treatment. Then go out on a date looking a million bucks. If you don't date, then they don't need to know that. Just go out with your girlfriends. If you do date, don't come home that night. Opie says, I've done three two times already. I haven't dated yet since the divorce. I want to, but online dating scares me and my social life revolves around my kids. I'm pretending to have plans, so I'm just dressed and out and feeling good about myself. I didn't leave the kids with them though. I managed to arrange a sleepover with the kids with their friends on those nights. I've been amazed by how much love and support my kids and I are receiving from our neighbors and friends. I told a few close people what's going on, and I suppose most people know now. I've received a lot of offers for help. People can be kind. We got invited to a camping trip on Easter weekend, and I'm taking the kids to that. Ex-mother-in-law was making noises about having the kids over, and I've shut that down. Someone says to OP, you are a saint. Not a saint, no. I'm just trying to protect my kids and my sanity. I am keeping myself very busy and staying on task. I'm working hard to avoid thinking things because that way is misery. This is very petty of me, but I have to admit that seeing that they are not doing well has been somewhat mollifying for me emotionally. Another commenter says, might be worth looking into dating events that companies run. Might be a smoother way into the reintroduction to the dating world when you are ready and dating sites. I haven't done online dating, but a friend of mine just married her husband who she met at a dating baking class. Have a look at what's in your area. Opie says I need to look into dating events. I didn't know this was a thing. I need a detailed guide on how to do these things now. And then just some additional information about selling the house. Opie says, I've started looking into selling and I'm researching places to move, but it is so very difficult. I didn't have the budget to put the house on the market while I live elsewhere especially if it takes longer than two months to sell. I also don't feel secure opening the house for showings while my kids and I live there. The other issue is, is that I don't have close family I can rely on and here in this neighborhood, I've built up an awesome support system between neighbors and friends. Giving that up and starting somewhere new with two little kids in tow is daunting. I'm trying to evaluate which option is the bigger con. And someone else says, is an alternative sitting down with your husband and kids and explaining this is a one-time offer. After these three months are up, they need to start saving and planning for any future care. OP says, talk to my ex about it before he moved here. He agreed, never again. With my daughter though, 
I'm going to wait to have that conversation when she's not so freaked out about her dad's mortality. I had to start reading at that point when mother-in-law told the children that their dad is dying, weaponizing the children against OP to try and manipulate her into moving him in. And then going all shocked Pikachu face when OP doesn't want her to see the kids again. And now the kids are like poking their head through the door every couple of minutes, making sure their dad's okay. OP sounds just like a wonderful human. Everything that OP has done from the very beginning, and they just keep piling more on her. But now I'm going to turn this one to you guys. What do you guys make of this situation? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Let's move on to another story. And our next story comes from the Am I the A-Hole subreddit from Thick Studio 4277 and asks, Am I the A-Hole for bringing my baby to her sister's performance and not leaving when she cried? This has caused drama I was not expecting. I have two children with my ex-husband, Will. Penelope, 12 female, and Johnny, 10 male. A few years ago, I remarried Chris. We have a six-month-old baby girl together, Lila. Penelope and Johnny live primarily with their father as he's closer to their school. They come to us on the weekends. Penelope is in the theater program at her school. I missed the fall shows because I was in labor and then had a newborn. Penelope understood as best as a preteen girl can. Her spring show opened last week. Chris and Lila came with me. Will, Johnny and Will's wife Ariana were already there. Will saw I brought Lila and got a weird look about him, but Ariana hushed him and said, just let it go. Lila slept through the first half. A little before intermission, she woke up and was fussy. I began rocking her and tried to calm her while also watching the play. I got a few dirty looks from parents around me. I gave them a, what can you do shrug, as it's a baby. At intermission, Will suggested Chris take Lila home. I said she should sleep during the second half, and Chris said he wanted to watch the performance. Will started getting upset, but again, Ariana had him walk away. Lila did fall asleep again, but halfway through Act 2, woke up and started screaming. It was loud enough this time that it did catch the performers off guard. I quickly went into the lobby with Lila. When I tried to go back in once she calmed, the usher wouldn't let me, saying once a person leaves, they're not allowed in to prevent interruptions meaning I missed Penelope's solo. Penelope refused to see me after the show, nor accept the flowers we bought for her. I watched her leaving with Ariana, who was consoling her. Will met me in the parking lot. He was pissed. He said I shouldn't have brought Lila, pointing out he and Ariana got a sitter for their young child. I said I didn't want to leave Lila and felt it was good we all supported her. After missing the fall show, I wanted to be there for my daughter. I added, it was just a middle school performance. It isn't the end of the world. Gave me a disgusted look and walks away. Penelope hasn't answered my calls or text. This weekend, she refused to come over. Chris thinks we were in the right, but my parents are just as pissed and called me an ass. Am I the asshole? And you're right. Yeah, babies do cry. What can you do? I'll tell you what you can do. You cannot take your baby in the first place. It's just not the place to be taken because Layla can't support Penelope in this. She's six months old. And seeing as this was your daughter's solo, why couldn't Chris take the baby home? I, I just don't understand that. And then I just found it incredibly sad that you said it's just a middle school performance. This girl's 12 years old. Can you imagine how big of a moment that was for her? How excited, nervous she was probably to do this in front of her family, stood on that stage doing a solo. 
That's incredible. And it was just disrespectful towards your daughter, the other performers involved, and to the audience around you as well, especially that you just gave them a shrug and like, you know, babies cry. And I'm not sure it's fair to say, but I could just imagine trying that in like a theater performance or something like that. Just shrugging your baby's crying. What the hell? Babies cry. Get over it. Yeah, right. But Game Protein quotes the post and says, you're the a-hole. Penelope did not feel good or supported that your infant with your new husband was so loud she distracted the actors and that ultimately you ended up missing her solo to care for her. You should have gotten a sitter or at the absolute least taken her home when she started becoming distracting. It's also amazingly crappy to say it's not the end of the world that you ruined something so important to your daughter. You owe your daughter a massive apology for being selfish. Morgane says you're the a-hole. That was not an appropriate place to bring a baby. So you should have gotten a sitter. Lila didn't know what was going on and certainly wasn't supporting her sister. And if you were going to insist on bringing her, Chris should have held her and been prepared to step out if she got fussy so that you didn't miss any part of Penelope's performance. You sent a loud and clear message that your new family with Chris is more important than your older children. A disturbed freak says you're the a-hole. Good parents take their unruly children out of the venue to be considerate. You waited until you were a problem instead of acting quickly. In quotes, I got a few dirty looks from parents around me. I gave them a what can you do shrug as it's a baby. And says what can you do? You should have got out your seat and taken the baby out of the venue. Sad Leopard says you're the a-hole 100%. No one comes to a play to hear someone else's baby cry. You disrespected the efforts of the performers, disrupted the show, missed your daughter's solo, upset the other parents around you, upset the people you are meant to be co-parenting with, likely upset your own baby, etc. Why would your daughter need or want the support of an infant who obviously would have no clue what's going on? That's BS you are telling yourself. You could have come alone. You could have gotten a sitter. You put your own feelings over your daughter the work of the performers and the other families who you interrupted there to see their own kids. I wouldn't come over anymore if I was your daughter. What's the point? You've proven exactly who and what your priorities are. That's an incredibly sad one. I hope Opie does talk to their daughter, really apologize for what they've done. I'm not sure where it will get in this situation, but I really hope they do. But now I'm going to turn this one to you guys. What do you guys make of this? Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. And just a huge thank you for spending your time with me today. Getting involved in the stories, your love, your support, your time always means the absolute world to me. So thank you so, so much for being involved. And hopefully I will see you in the next one. Take care and much love. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.